Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today we have a great episode because one of the things that a lot of business owners are looking at is once they get to a pretty consistent and a healthy cash flow and profit level in their business, they're always looking to see, okay, what other options are there for me to get my money working for me? And today we have a great guest on. So you want to stay tuned for this episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my amazing guest. So welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. And yourself? Thank you for having I, me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, we were talking a little bit beforehand. And, you know, one of the things that I, I mentioned that I'm excited to always share is, you know, I think a lot of content out there where it's telling business owners how to like, you know, get through the early stages of hustling and growing your business. But one of the things I, I've been running into is working with business owners who are a bit more established to where they're like, hey, we've kind of created some systems. We got some cash flow going, but we're looking at other options. So I really want to talk about, you know, your business and just some of the exciting things you have going on. But before we jump into those details, can you tell the audience a little bit about your background and your story? Yes, thank you. Yes, my name is Keisha Kennedy. I am from the Richmond, Virginia area. I grew up as a military brat. So my father was in the military. So I was born in Germany, lived in Colorado, California, Kentucky, uh, went to Virginia and then graduated high school actually in Germany. And so once we graduated, once we graduated, once I graduated, um, my father was assigned to Richmond, Virginia, and he taught at Virginia Commonwealth University and University of Richmond. And I attended VCU by default and I joined the Army National Guard for six years. During my time in the Guard, I was deployed to Kuwait for one year and did my time there and went back to Virginia. And actually now I reside in Kuwait as a military contractor. And so once I had graduated from VCU, I, I recalled that there were military contractors living abroad in Kuwait and I wanted to go back there to make some tax free money. So I came back to Kuwait as a military contractor starting in 2009 until 2013. And so when I was here the first time, I started investing my money into real estate after the market crashed in 2011. And I was self-taught. I had no idea what I was doing. I was going <laughs> to figure out as I went along. And that's what I did. Truly did figure out what I went along. And so I purchased it when I was from you know, living in Kuwait. And my parents actually were the boots on the ground, due diligence. So they went to the, the property and they said, hey, yeah, it's a good deal. I actually purchased that home. It was a three bedroom, two bathroom home. And it came with a lot next door. And you will not believe the price. I paid $29,500 and it was less than a year old at the time after the market had crashed. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah, it was built in 2010 and I purchased it, figured it out along the way. And that's when my first tenant I got as a section eight tenant. And I still have a copy of my first check, $823. <laughs> my father emailed me a copy. I will never forget that. So yeah, that's when I started investing in real estate in 2011. And then the next year, I just continued to buy bank foreclosure homes and duplexes. And so I ended up going back to the States at the end of 2013 because my contract had ended. 
And I started a bell bondsman business and also worked for the bureau up at Quantico as a contractor. And so the company from Kuwait called me back and was like, hey, we want you back. So I ended up going back to that company and came abroad um, in 2017 again as a contractor. And so I closed my bell bonds business and came abroad. And during that time, when I came back the second time in 2017, I was a little bit overweight. As I mentioned earlier, I was in the Army National Guard. I was fit, but I let myself go by working at, you know, being a bell bondsman on call 24-7 and then also working a full-time gig at the Bureau. So, of course, I was stressed and gained the weight and I had high blood pressure. And so when I came back, I said I needed to lose the weight. So that was one of the goals was to lose the weight. And I did. Fell in love with fitness. Um, went back to school again and got an associate's and a bachelor's in exercise science, started a, a business, Kennedy Remedy Fitness. And last year I said, hey, I want to scale my business, my portfolio and go from residential to commercial. And so that's when I started investing as a limited partner, which is a passive investor, someone that invests their capital in a deal, but they still reap the benefits such as tax benefits, uh, profit from the sale. And uh, they don't have to deal with the tenants, toilets and trash. So that's what I did. I invested in my first deal in Richmond, Virginia. And commercial is totally different from residential. So I had to learn a little bit. So I invested in my first deal, 27 units in Richmond, Virginia, 81 units in Florence, Kentucky, 19 units in Scranton, Pennsylvania, 24 units in Columbia, South Carolina, which is student housing. And then in October, I became, I, I transformed into the active role in the commercial space as a co-general partner. And so I, I became a co-partner, co-GP on a deal in Waco, Texas, 56 units. And then two weeks ago, we just closed on a deal, 120 units. And we are working on a deal right now that's going to be giving the best returns for our investors. So I'm really excited about that. And that's just a little bit about me. I probably went a little bit too long, but I had to unpack and give you everything. <laughs> no, that there is a lot that I definitely want to unpack a little bit. I mean, and um, I'll start off with, I mean, growing up in the, you know, my father was in the military as well. Um, from all of that moving around, I mean, did you ever feel like any place was particularly that you call home? Well, my parents were born and raised in Tampa. So depending on which day you ask me where I'm from, I might tell you Tampa. <laughs> I'm playing. But um, so I, I actually consider Germany my home. And the reason being is because that's where I lived the longest growing up as a child because I've lived there twice. Um, my father was was there twice um, while he was in the military. So I consider Germany my home. Um, and then, of course, most of my adulthood, adulthood, I have lived in Richmond, Virginia, but I've also been living abroad for a while as well. So it's it's kind of confusing when people say, where are you from? I'm like, man, I, I, that's a challenging <laughs> question for me. So, but yeah, I would say Richmond, Virginia is my home. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I'm also curious as to where the entrepreneurial spirit started to like come up because- you know, it, all, with all this moving around, and I will say from meeting other people who grew up in the military families, the entrepreneurial spirit doesn't always show up in every one of them. So for you, it definitely did. So where did that come from? Yeah. So my grandfather, so my father's father actually owned a gas station 
Um, I wasn't born when he owned it, but my father would always speak about his father owning this gas station. And then my father actually owned two businesses that I failed to mention earlier. So he owned a martial arts school and then he also owned a private security company. So going when I was attending VCU, I actually worked for my father, loved it. And so that's where the entrepreneurial spirit came from. And then my father had inherited a house from my grandmother and he also had brought a a house as well to rent out. So he had some, some rental properties and then my grandmother had some as well. And then my great grandfather had property. So I guess it, it just runs in the family, but, but no, I, I realize you know, the benefits from my father working for himself after he retired from the military how he was able to provide for the family. And I've never had to want for anything growing up as a child. I would say that I was spoiled, but um, yeah, that's where the entrepreneur spirit came from. Just being able to see how my father was able to support the family and just living, you know, his best life basically. And I was living my best life as a child. So I wanted the same. And I said, Hey, I want to start a bell bonds business, which falls under uh, private security in the state of Virginia. And that's what I did. He actually gave me the idea, hey, you should be a bail bondsman. And so that's what I did. And in the state of Virginia, you can actually leverage your your property. And so I used some of my property to leverage that to put it up to become a bail bondsman. And then as far as the fitness business, I fell in love with fitness once I lost all the weight. And I wanted to help others. So as you can see, I'm in a service. I'm in a company, a business to, to service other people. So I was servicing people as a bell bondsman, helping people then. And then I was servicing my clients as a personal trainer in helping people, you know, lose the weight that they desire. And I'm also a bodybuilder as well. And so I did close down those two businesses so I can focus and scale in residential I mean, in real estate. And so that's why I opened up Kennedy Remedy Investments to help other people see a return on their money. Gotcha. gotcha. And, you know, and I think that that is a, an amazing thing, because when you start, when I start talking to other business owners that have reached a point where, you know, they took some risk to start their their service based business or their product based business. And then they're looking at other options. And one of the things that I find to be interesting, and I'm curious about your experience of, you know, you had this entrepreneur experience doing other things, but then it's just like you took the risk of moving to Kuwait, doing the contract, but then the risk involved with investing in an actual, you know, residential home. You know, what was that like for you of just understanding, hey, the risks for this are different from other you know, entrepreneurial ventures? And how did you kind of get comfortable with, hey, this is the good deal for me to start with? Yes, that's, that's a good question. Um, again, I, I noticed, you know, my father leveraging real estate and how he was able to live in his house and then buy another house and, get, and continue the cycle. But I realized that, you know, being overseas, being over abroad, we make really good money as a contractor and it's tax free. So I wanted to make my money work for me. And so one day I was in the office, I was looking online at houses and said, you know what, I want to buy this house. This is an unbelievable deal, you know, after the market had, had crashed. And I knew that, one, everyone needs a place to stay, 
right? Not everyone can afford a home. Not everyone can has good credit to purchase a home. So a lot of people are renting homes, you know, nowadays. Well, back then they were, and they still are, right? And then I know I noticed that most of the millionaires, 90% of the millionaires become wealthy through real estate. So I knew that I had to start investing and make my money work for me rather than leaving it in a savings account. And so I, I wouldn't call it taking a risk. Um, I think it's a risk to not invest in real estate. I used to say the same thing. Oh, it's a risk. But no, it's a risk not to invest in real estate. And so I knew that I wanted to accept this challenge and figure it out all the way from Kuwait. But I knew that my parents were able to support me and be the boots on the ground and, you know, hire the contractors and, and make sure that the tenant is paying the rent on time. And I was able to leverage them while living abroad. And I added them on the lease. So in case I had to go to court or anything, they were able to support me from there. And then once I realized that residential home um, was making money, I said, hey, I need to do it again. So I was able to get my return on capital within the first three years. And so anything after that is straight profit. And I still have that property to this day. Actually, I still have all of my, my rentals to this day, in addition to the apartments. Nice, nice. Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, you know, at what point, like, was there like a trigger moment for you that made you really think like, hey, you know what? I've been doing good in residential. Um, now it's probably time to start looking at bigger deals. What was that kind of was was it something that happened that caused you to start looking at it that way? Or was it just kind of a natural progression for you? No, I it was it was one of those things where I was listening to podcasts and and I realized I had some more capital that I can deploy and that I can actually, you know, get into a bigger, a bigger deal, um, such as an apartment. And then also I like to say that my great uncle owned an apartment complex and he would always tell me, hey, you need to get into a bigger deal. You need to invest in apartment. And my mind, my limiting mind at the time was saying, I can't afford that. You know, I, I can't afford that. Only the, the millionaires can afford an apartment complex. So I would just blow them off. I'll be honest, like, yeah, I'll, you know, whatever, I, you know, but in my mind, I couldn't afford it. And so I was listening to someone on Clubhouse and they had mentioned, um, you know, you need to stop leaving your money in the bank and you need to invest. And I said, you know what? I want to scale. It's time to scale. I don't know who this person is, but it's time to scale. And so I started listening to podcasts, reading books and came across the word apartment syndication because I was going to do it myself, just like I did in the residential space. And that was that had been the best thing that I've ever done. That has truly changed the trajectory of my my life. Um, apartment syndication is basically when people pull their resources together to take down bigger deals, such as an apartment building. So you have your general partners and you have your limited partners. Limited partners are those that invest in the deal passively, where the general partner is active in the deal. So they have a partnership team. So you have someone that's taken down the deal. So they're boots on the ground, due diligence, um, asset managing the deal. Meanwhile, the limited partner only has to invest their capital. So they don't have to deal with the tenants, toilets, and trash. And so I was like, man, this is this is a good way to scale. You know, I can rely on someone else's expertise and experience and create a partnership. What? So I said, okay, I do not have to do this by myself. And so that's what I did. I, I started investing in apartments and said, man, this is, this is a new way to invest. And ever since then, I've just, you know, taken off. It's been less than a year and I'm in on six different, six different deals going on my seventh deal. 
Nice, nice. So what was that experience like for you in that first deal? Like what were some of the feeling you experienced when that first commercial deal closed? Yes, it was a spirit of fear. I, I was very scared um, because in a syndication, you are investing in a deal, you know, with other investors. You are giving your capital to the general partnership team and their escrow account, of course, but you are using their experience to to secure a asset, but you're going to get a return on your money. So you don't have control over the deal is what I'm trying to say. So as in residential, I had control over, you know, my, my properties because it's just me. Whereas you are wiring money and it's gone for at least five years. It depends on the holding period because it can range from three to five years. And so it was a little bit scary, a um, little bit nerve wracking, but the best part is that you have to do your due diligence. You have to vet the co the sponsor team. You have to vet the deal. You have to vet the market. You want to make sure that what they're telling you is the truth and on where you're going to get your returns from. And so that's what I did. I had to, to, you know, ask those questions, you know, how long have they been in real estate? You know, what mistakes have they made? How did they mitigate those mistakes? Uh, why do they want to invest in this deal? So I had a list of questions that I had asked the syndicator to ensure that I was receiving the best return on my money. But I did invest in a deal that was in Richmond, Virginia. So I'm from that area. I just had to understand the metrics when it came to investing in a commercial asset, which is totally different than investing in residential, right? So once I was comfortable with understanding the numbers, understanding the executive summary resonated with the general partnership team. I made sure that I like knew and trust them. I built a relationship over time. Then I was ready and more comfortable to execute once all my questions were answered. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because that, that's one of the things that even when I've talked to different business owners and entrepreneurs that watch this show that are looking for alternative investment options, like um, it, it's that, that, that sense of, they built a business where it was really dependent on something that was inside of their control, whether it was a service-based business, something that they can control. But then when it came down to looking at, you know, let's say, you know, syndication opportunities to where it's just like, how do I even go about that vetting process? Like, what questions can I ask? Like, you know, how much information can I get from them in that due diligence process? And, and I think for yourself, you talked about how early on you started off just kind of learning on your own. Was there anything that any resources that you got in touch with or you started paying attention to more than podcasts to help you get better at the due diligence part when you started looking at some commercial deals? Yeah, uh, the best syndication book ever, I believe it's called, was the, the book that I that I read um, to help me with my due diligence and to help me truly understand um, syndications. And then also I had a coach, I'll be honest. I had a coach that helped, you know, that, that I was able to leverage from his experience and to get guidance on what a syndication was and, you know, how to underwrite due diligence, what to look for, what's a good deal, what's not a good deal. And so having a, a coach to guide me instead of making those mistakes that I made from the residential space was definitely beneficial. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. gotcha. Now, I guess, how was it for you? I mean, of getting to that point of, of bringing on a coach, because one of the challenges that I see with a lot of business owners and investors is 
there's so much pride developed in, hey, this other business, I built it myself. Now you're telling me, you know, to be open to a coach kind of what was that like for you? Or was it a, what is it? Was it an ego challenge or were you pretty like, you know what? I, I know I need a coach, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I knew I need a coach and I went ahead and execute. <laughs> and because I was self-taught from the residential and I didn't want to go through that again. I did not want to go through that. I want to leverage his experience and his mistakes. Why do I want to reinvent the wheel when everything's already laid out? I just had to execute. Once I, once I, you know, had received all the information and the guidance from him, all I had to do was execute. And so that has been the best decision. Um, investing in yourself is the best decision that you can make, whether it's hiring a coach, getting education, getting a mentor, that is the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your future. And so even if you can't afford a coach because they are expensive, I will be honest. Um, there are other resources such as, you know, reading books, um, podcasts, blogs, going to meetups online, virtual on through Zoom and networking. So you can use a lot of free resources before you invest in a coach. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I always tell people is that, you know, that, that the more specific the advice comes, um, typically, you know, it's going to be a little bit more expensive because it's advice specific for you. Um, but like I said, I think if you're working with the right one, it, it will be phenomenal. So, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, your background and just the amazing things that you've done, just kind of the lessons that you've learned. I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the deals that, you know, that where you talked about becoming a general partner and, you know, other business owners that are listening and they're like, hey, you know, I hear about these great deals that she's doing. Like, how can I, is it even an opportunity for me to get a part of some of the deals that you guys are doing? So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So my company, we focus on getting the best returns for an investor. Uh, and we would love to partner with each and every one of you um, to create that so we can take down deals together, right? Um, the more you partner with someone, the more you can take down and we can scale together. So we are always looking to partner up with limited partners. And you can find out about our deals on our website, uh, www, of course, the World Wide Web. Dot Kennedy Remedy Investments with an S dot com. And then the upper right hand corner, you'll see investor portal. You can click there and get registered on our portal to see our upcoming opportunities. And then also there's so many resources on this website. There is the beginner's guide to investing as a limited partner, which is found under the resources tab and under guide. And it will go over a sample deal. Um, it'll also go over questions that you can ask your, your syndicator. What is a limited partner, the benefits of a limited partner. And so, yeah, check out the website and you can also book a call with me. And I would love to, to help you with your short-term goals, your long-term goals, or even give you a little bit of nuggets into investing as a limited partner. This is the part of business that I love is helping other investors make their money work for them you know, building that financial freedom and leaving a legacy for their family. Because I wish I knew about this 15 years ago. <laughs> I would have went straight into commercial uh, investing, whereas I went into residential space. And so part of my why is to help as many minorities as possible and veterans, because I am a minority and I am a veteran. And I would love to help bridge the wealth gap for minorities. 
And then also I use my social media platform to educate as many people as possible. It's enough money in this world to go around. So why not help? The more you help, the more you get in return. So I love to educate. I love to speak to investors on the phone. So feel free to, to reach out, but definitely go on to the website and register for the portal. So you will not miss out on these opportunities. Um, would love to partner with you. Absolutely. And I, I will definitely say, you know, to, to those that are, that are listening and watching, I mean, at some point you, when you have a healthy plan for your business that you're operating, you do get to a point where you have steady cash flow and you may not necessarily be ready to retire from your business, but being able to find healthy options for where you can invest that money and get a return, it's amazing. I mean, it, it is definitely a phenomenal wealth strategy that I've seen a lot of wealthy individuals do. So yeah, definitely thank you for that. So yeah. before we wrap up, one of the last things that I always love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about your journey and the lessons that you've learned, where you've been, where you are now, and even the sites that you have for where you're going, you know, what's two pieces of advice that you would give for business owners and entrepreneurs that are looking at alternative options for investing? And it could be two things that you've already said that you want to reiterate, or it could be two new things. Yes. Uh, how am I so successful from being in Kuwait is a question that I get a lot. How am I, you know, being able to partner in on these deals is by building a network. So if you are interested in investing, I would highly suggest you build your network so you can look at many opportunities that are out there because there are a lot of syndication deals that are out there and to see if you resonate with the syndicator, if you like, know and trust them, because this is a long term hold. This is a marriage. So networking is key to investing in real estate. That's number one. And number two is just be specific with your goals. You know, write down your short-term goals, write down your long-term goals. And then once you write down, write down those long-term and short-term goals, you can then go to the people that are in your network and say, hey, I'm looking for an 8% cash on cash return. Do you have any investment opportunities available for me? If not, then you can go to the next syndicator and sponsor team to see what opportunities that they have. And I would also like to add, please do your due diligence. Do your due diligence on the sponsor team, please, because not all sponsor teams are created equal. And I want you to have the best return on your investment. So build that support through networking and then also write down your long term goals, your short term goals, get educated and also do your due diligence. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the show. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I truly enjoyed it and happy investing. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the Business Talk Library is the place where business makes sense.